0: For many, welcoming the holidays also means welcoming some days and situations full of tension and awkwardness with members of our own families. Today, we discuss how we could navigate and survive those tough family dynamics during these important days with counselor Mary Beth Somich. Through her social media platforms, Mary, better known as Your Journey Through on Instagram, focuses on modernizing mental health for all. So as we get ready for the holidays, let's talk about less anxiety and setting some boundaries. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them.
2: I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela, I have a baby boy named Ford and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms, we're
0: we're actually actually pretty pretty different. And that's totally okay because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hello. Hi. I'm excited for this episode. I hope you're hearing this on Wednesday, but if you're not, I think it's still going to be useful for the rest of the holiday season. But basically today we're going to try to help prep you. This is like the pregame for the holiday (laughs) season so that you can be armed with You know, the family member that is like, oh, I never did that with my kids. Or, you know, (laughs) if they say like, oh, when are you having your second child? A personal favorite of mine. Or Victoria really needs a sibling. We're going to help you get prepared.
2: Yeah, especially because these are supposed to be the most special, happiest days of the year. And I think for a lot of mommies becomes very stressful. And, you know, we're kind of like doubling up on the load with work and school and also all the holiday and the prepping. So I know that some people get a little overwhelmed during these days. But, yeah, um, and
0: I think you also like spend more time with some family members that you might not frequent very often. And so that could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with my family all the time. So... I don't deal with these things specifically, but, you know, yeah, you know it happens. Yeah, there's always a little surprise. There's relative. always something, but for me, it's like all, all year round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, do you, are you ready for your mother's yeah, moment? Yeah,
2: go ahead. You can start.
0: Okay. My mother's moment is really personal, and I'm sharing it here first, but I want to be very clear about why I'm sharing it. So I have decided to go to a genetics and fertility clinic, which my, my OBGYN has been asking me to go to for a very long time. And I've been like, who cares? I don't need this, whatever. And the reason for it is because number one, I like, I feel very lucky that I have insurance that, you know, is really good um, and can help cover a lot of this stuff. But basically, I don't know that I don't want a second child, but I also don't, strongly feel like I do, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not a no. And so, you know, my husband and I talked about it and we decided that this would be a good exploratory thing, more so from the health perspective to see like where we're at, because we also just like, I don't get pregnant easily and you know, I don't take birth control and I'm not getting pregnant. So that's the thing, but I thought it was super cool. So I went already, this is like FYI for you too. Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor and she was really amazing and basically like they do all kinds of testing from, you know, your egg quality, your egg count. They also do like genetic testing. They also check all of your hormone levels. Like it is like the deepest, most intense like and thorough testing ever. So I'm super excited about just that part about having information because I feel like mm-hmm. once we have this information, then it'll be very helpful for us to carve out decisions that we may or may not want to make depending on those findings so and obviously juan will also get tested apparently we are both in advanced uh he's in advanced paternal age mm-hmm. and i <laughs> am basically a grandmother according to OBGYN uh studies but um but yeah so i'm i'm actually like at first i was really nervous about it and after going and speaking to the doctor i feel really good because how amazing to have access Mm -hmm. to this kind of information and know what's going on inside of your body. Because I feel like we get so caught up with like, this is what my body looks like. Mm -hmm. And this is what the scale says. But none of that matters when it comes to this kind of
2: stuff. So I'm excited for that. Well, this is a huge motherish moment. Yeah, I am so excited for you and Juan. Um, You know, and I think I shared this briefly here where I said when I went through the freezing of my eggs process, it was very similar. You went through a genetic testing, you know, you were. More than anything, I think you got like the current status and a reality check as to where your body is, where your ovaries are, where Mm -hmm. your egg quality, egg quantity, all this stuff. And I, again, I'm a big advocate of the more information I have, the better I feel. I know other people have a different approach. I'd rather not know and have to face it. So I'm really excited for you guys. I think it's a great, like you said, it's knowledge is power and it's going to clear a lot of things. It's going to put you at ease for a lot of things. Um, And, you know, it's very important too, because I'll share one thing. One of the things, you know, and I, I remember they gave me two choices. One, it was genetic test for like one of the top, I don't know, 10, whatever you may be able to be a carrier of, or one where you could do like extensive 125 different type of like mm-hmm. disorder and genetic, you know, whatever yeah. that is. So I chose the the latter one and randomly I came up that it was a carrier for like very something very, very rare. But it was it was only a concern if whoever I procreated with was also right. Yeah. Was like it had to be very so what I did was as soon as I found that I was pregnant, I had Before it's that, get tested just to know, you know? Again, more than anything to prepare or to just have yeah. that information obviously he was not it was great but I always feel like it, it is empowering to have all this information rather than you know feeling yeah
0: it. it was really cool I had a very surprising like reaction to it versus like the overwhelming feeling that I was when I was sitting like in the office before the appointment I was like what am I doing here and then I like it was like weird it was like from a movie I felt like everybody was looking at me like oh what if someone sees me then they're gonna assume that I'm trying to have another baby and like I'm not, I'm not. Well, I just want to know well, I like, was
2: I didn't know anybody else at not that, that point, anyone knows me many many years ago <laughs> Now, a lot of my friends did it afterwards, but when I did it, I didn't know anyone else really who had done it before. Yeah. You know, when I would walk in, it was like, it was also very emotionally draining, but also I was very grateful that, you know, because a lot of the women there are trying to get pregnant and are trying course, to conceive and are just course. desperately trying to get. So it really was a very... um learning process but also it put a lot of things in perspective for me and this
0: doctor was like such a badass like I really liked her like she was very much like okay this and this and that and I was like yes I need this energy in my
2: life you know I always feel like those fertility doctors feel very um they know the gift that they're giving and they they act you know they loved it it. so we may do a whole other episode (laughs) on this Uh, she threw that bomb motherish moment at me my mother's moment is pretty much I know so simple Ford is in the morning calling me to bring him to my bed and now that he's older and he's bigger like it's just like cuddle morning time before school which is amazing and i'm so in love with him and so in love with that moment in the morning but also it's become so dangerous because now we're late to school every single morning because i want to stay in bed with him it's my fault Yeah. You know? And I think he had done this before briefly, but I don't know. For some reason, it's different now, and it feels like it's really bonding. Who cares?
0: Just enjoy it. You know? So it's yummy. It's yummy because
2: I feel like he's a big boy, and now he's, like, he wants to hang out with mom. It's not like I'm, like, dragging him into bed, or he's a baby, and he doesn't know any better. Now he's like, mama, mommy. And then he wants to come, and, like, we bond, and we talk, and, like, kisses. I love it. I love it. All right. Okay, so why don't we have Mary Beth share her motherish moment of the week. She's a mommy of a little girl, and then we'll go ahead and formally introduce our guest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my daughter's one and a half and she loves to dance. I swear, she's like gonna be a dancer of some kind. So we finally put her in tutu school and every week she's like, tutu, 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 tutu dress, tutu school. <laughs> so this morning we actually went and it was like a holiday, Halloween party theme for them today. So that was really fun. And then I basically had to rush out the door to go to work. So it was like juggling this like precious mom time with working mom time um, and just, you know, letting her know I'll be back soon. But it's just always that juggle when you're a working mom. Oh, yeah. preaching into the choir we know we know isn't it so cute mm-hmm. at that age
2: they they're pretty much like they're standing there looking cute and you're just like oh and they have i, I
0: don't, love it I, don't, oh I feel like at that age they have no idea how cute they are like they're just like i'm just being myself
2: and you're like but you're so cute
1: <laughs> totally totally she's adorable <laughs>
2: Okay, so let me introduce Mary Beth Sommet. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor. She's also the owner of Your Journey Through. I found her on Instagram. I love her. She uses humor to kind of um modernize but also normalize mental health for all, you know, for teenagers, for adults. Today, we're focusing on this family dynamic theme because I think around these holidays, like we mentioned, it could create tension and it could actually rob you from the joy of these days. So I think we should start off with Mary, like, is it normal for our own family members to be responsible
1: party of causing us stress and anxiety like is that a normal dynamic it is normal these are some of the most activating people in your life because you grew up with them and you were kind of in that dynamic your entire life and i will have Therapy clients of mine who have done such amazing work in therapy with boundaries and kind of breaking these family cycles that aren't super healthy for them. And then they go home for the holidays and they come back and at their next therapy session, they're like, I'm so disappointed in myself. I feel like, like I went backwards and I was like, no, 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 you didn't. You were just in the most triggering context you could possibly be like, that is the true test usually, especially if you don't live with your family all the time and that's not, or you're not around them all the time. And that's like not a typical context that you're in. Like you can definitely fall into these older patterns of relating to each other that maybe weren't the healthiest. I feel like dealing with
0: family members, whether it's your immediate family, whether it's slightly extended family is like a sport. And I always compare to this, like since I have my parents, my mother-in-law, like everyone lives like between 30 minutes and 6 minutes away. I see them all the time. So it's like I'm used to the the marathon that comes with it, but so many people live far away from their families and when you get together it's like a how do I use this muscle again? I I don't know. And when you are a parent, mm. it's even more complex, right? Cuz like you're trying to do the best job you can and then they'll say something without knowing or Pamela, you always want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and like I know when it comes to like family comments around the about your children, it's always like, oh, but they, you know, they mean
2: the best. And I'm like, no, they don't. (laughs) i also think i think mary uh mary could touch a little bit about like being aware of how stressful these days could be so they're not normal days so on top of that you're dealing with either a family member who doesn't know any boundaries who feels like their opinion is welcome even though they're not asked for or maybe they want to you know change things around people are used to routine so maybe like what should we be aware like these days are not your normal days how do we prep how do we prep for this (laughs)
1: Yeah, I always say, like, identify your negotiables and your non-negotiables. Right? Like, because I can go a couple days with, let's say, my parents or my in laws giving my kid a type of food that I would not normally choose for them, right? Or letting them watch a show I would not normally let her watch. But how many days, right? Like, what is your threshold there? If you're staying for two weeks, then that might create like a pattern that when you get home is really hard to break. So, knowing what your limits are, and boundaries are really all about your limitations. Right, identifying your wants, your needs, and your limitations. And then obviously communicating them assertively. And assertive is not aggressive. I get that a lot too. People are afraid to be assertive with family members. Assertive boundaries are actually loving because they protect your relationships. They protect them from resentment that could build if someone just continues to bust your boundary. I do a lot of assertiveness coaching in my work with people. But before that, we really do take some time identifying, you know, what are your negotiables and your non-negotiables?
0: And how do we manage not feeling guilty about setting boundaries and communicating these boundaries?
1: So what I like to tell clients is if someone is busting your boundary, it is nothing but validation that you needed to set it. Right. Because that's an indication that. that that person is not respecting your boundary and that it's absolutely necessary. So take that as validation rather than internalizing it and taking it as like a guilt trip.
2: What's the most effective way when you're dealing with like an in-law or like a sister-in-law or brother-in-law? I feel like a lot of people have this stigma, the in-laws, right? And is it through mm-hmm. your spouse and they deal with them? Should you do address them directly? I think a lot of people don't want to rock the boat during those days so that they don't create a fight between them. But like, what is the, the most effective way? Like, should you not discuss it during those days? Should you be upfront about it before but should you go through your spouse to communicate with your in-laws?
1: Yeah, so I think if you have a strong enough relationship with your in-laws, maybe that's a direct conversation that you're comfortable having. It really depends on the relationship. But if not, I do think that it's helpful to come from the child, right? Of Maybe your spouse or your significant other, because that shows the in-laws, that you two are united in your decisions. So if they're disrespecting you, they're also disrespecting your significant other, and that's not cool. So I think it keeps it less messy to do it that way because I do see a lot of families where let's say the daughter-in-law is, is voicing the boundaries and the son is not. And then the, you know, the daughter-in-law gets pegged as, oh, she's so uptight. She's so this. And like, it starts to just create a lot of messiness. So I think having a united front as a couple is really important.
0: That is a really interesting perspective. I never thought about it that way, but like, it is so important to like show up as a united front and I guess that inspires like a different thing. It's probably good if you have a partner to kind of align and maybe have a check-in with them before the holidays.
1: Is that? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I would absolutely recommend just sitting down and having like, you know, not a super intense discussion, but just acknowledging we're about to go to this family member's house. Let's say you're, I mean, I'm thinking about my own situation. We usually go and stay for like five days at either my in-laws or my parents for the holidays. And so it's a relatively extended yeah that's a Um, long time for me so yeah so we'll say like okay what are some what are our limits what are our negotiables and our non-negotiables like i'm okay if your mom makes christmas cookies with her or whatever it is and she has one i normally would not give her cookies at one and a half but (laughs) that's okay with me for the holidays now is it okay if her bedtime is not observed any five of those nights no right? Like that's something I'm going to be like, no, we need to go to bed at a relatively reasonable time that she's used to. So really kind of identifying what those are. And they may even be different for your partner, right? Like maybe there's a holiday tradition that at like 9 p.m. we all watch this movie together or something. And that's really important that the child participates in that. But I think communicating that so that you're aware And you can anticipate that ahead of time and feel like you made a decision together. Yeah,
0: I can totally vouch for that. Not specific around the holidays, but for example, my husband is from Argentina and he's had like a lifelong tradition of going to Argentina every year. Victoria hasn't been to Argentina since she was four months old because of the pandemic and everything. And we're finally going again. And like for him, it's like it's a huge thing like we are finally going back and he wants to do everything and he wants to see everyone and he wants her he has almost like this like idealistic vision of how it's all gonna be and so i've had to also just kind of like ground him a little bit and no 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 i usually let him like you know fly like do your thing whatever (laughs) but it's more about like softening myself and softening, Because mm. I know that I can be, like, rigid sometimes. I've been in the process of, like, mentally preparing myself to just go with the flow and understand that, like, for example, like, in Latin America, it's very often in common that you, like, have dinner at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Like, it's going to be important for him, for Victoria to, like, participate in these things. And I will likely have to, like... You know, Victoria will fall asleep and I'll probably be like, hey, I need you to wake up because this is the only chance that you can see these family members and this is how it's going to be. So I'm like doing that prerequisite work (laughs) to like just be ready because I know that it's really important for him. And I'm like, this is one time a year, like, and this is going to be our life. Like, this is how Mm -hmm. it is. I think it's important to like. Think about the other person's
2: perspective, your partner's perspective and what's important to them, too, without sacrificing what's important for you. I, just, you know? I also feel this is a good reminder. I feel like sometimes the holidays put like under a magnifying glass the differences you may have, like whether it's culturally or just different upbringings or a different mom you know, son daughter relationship. I think like these days, for some reason, I don't know if it's because we spend so much time together. Because again, we're juggling so many balls at the same time, and we want everything to be perfect. The and expectations, you know, the, the expectations. Like, mm-hmm. Have like the Hallmark movie, yes. you know, picture perfect family. And when you don't meet those expectations, I feel like everything just kind of jumps out at you, and it becomes you know bigger and larger yeah. than again normally would be. Right? Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm
1: wrong. Definitely. But- there's so much pressure around the holidays to observe traditions, and, and it's really hard for parents that are going to their parents' homes, whichever one it may be, because the parents may expect you to carry on their traditions when you are creating a family of your own, and it's not possible to do everyone's traditions while you're making your own, and so some are going to get lost in the mix. And then there's feelings around that that you have to manage as you're like going about these days. Um, So it definitely gets a little complicated for sure. But I think remembering what's important to your family and that maybe next year you can do something different and switch on and off perhaps, or just create your own traditions. I think there's an added layer of muting
0: the noise from social media also, because that for me is like something that I feel like during the holidays, like you see everyone's like perfect picture life, um, because that is what people are kind of trained to do. Like, here's my perfect this, my perfect that. And like, obviously, it sets your expectations really high. And then you're focusing, I found, I mean... Sorry, I'm like kind of all over the place. But like last year, this happened to me a lot. Like last year, I was very much in my head about everyone else's holiday. And my holiday did not turn out the way that I wanted because last minute my family got COVID. We were like in observation. We weren't sure if we're getting, whatever. Point is, Christmas, we could not be together even though we were five minutes away from each other. And I was so upset. I was angry. I'm like, this isn't what I wanted for Victoria. and And like, I literally spent the 24th like at night because we celebrate the 24th at night until like midnight. I was so upset and Juan was like, "Let it go." Like, but my expectation like the expectation was killing yeah, you me. you were really upset. You were really sad. I was really sad. Yeah. yeah. And like to FaceTime with my family knowing that they're 5 minutes away because of this freaking virus, like I was very upset. But on the 25th, I woke up in the morning and I was like, "Okay, It's time to turn the page and it's time time to realize that this is a blank page. And so I can write the story of this Christmas however I want to with my family. That's another chip that is difficult, especially when I think you're with your family and you have your parents around or whatever. How to disconnect from being the child to then being Mm
1: -hmm. a parent, which I am still actively like working on. Like that's complicated. That's actually what I specialize in. And there's a term for it. It's called enmeshment. (laughs) Because when we're adolescents, developmentally, we're supposed to differentiate from our parents and kind of create our individual selves and um, identify our own wants and needs and who we are. A lot of families that doesn't happen, whether it's culturally, dynamically, systemic in the family. Um, And then it creates kind of this enmeshed system Not saying you're enmeshed, but you might just have local family. Welcome to my diagnosis, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but when enmeshment occurs, there's like these unwritten rules in the family that you're supposed to abide by so that you don't rock the boat. And so everybody just falls in line, no questions asked. And like, you just, you have to be at every holiday. You have to do this and that and this. And then when you go and you start your own family, that starts to really create issues because that other person has different ideas. They have a different family. And that's when people usually come to me and they're like, uh, this is this is a problem for us. And so it's really working on healthy differentiation in adulthood at that point to just kind of prioritize the family through a lot of boundary-setting work. But Mary Beth,
0: I don't want to grow up. <laughs> I, want, I want to be my parents' child forever. It's so easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah no. that's valid. <laughs> no,
2: I no. think change is difficult for a lot of people. And when it comes to holidays and traditions, they're so set on their ways. That the mm-hmm. second stuff starts going a different way or or changing or maybe adapting to a new reality, I think that's when people a little bit um, have a difficult time. How do we mentally and emotionally prepare for change and unexpected things that may happen during these days where we're used to th- things happening? Even like the time we eat, what we eat, how we eat, at what time, like everything is so preset. Sorry, what's your Thanksgiving like tradition? Like, what is your? I ask you this question because I feel like I've become really good at adapting, right? Because I've been in so many different dynamics. Like when I used to be married with no children, it was different because mm-hmm. I was very flexible. So I w- we were like the couple that had no kids. So we're like, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, we'll do it. It's fine. Wherever you guys want to go, we-, we could pack up and go. But I could see it. Other people, you know, the other siblings who had kids could be a little bit more stressful. Then, you know, then I was divorced. Now I have a child. It's just different. So I'm just open to whatever happens happens i'm okay and as long as we're together somehow and if we're not together Mm because last year for example my sister who i'm very close to decided like you know what i'm not spending thanksgiving i have this new boyfriend you know we're pretty serious and his family wants to host us here in brooklyn in new york so i was like "Uh." you know and that's Mm -hmm. live it's like a circle life where people start creating their own lives and you just have to but are there things that you want to build because you Mm -hmm. have the opportunity and this is like another
0: way to see it but like you Have the opportunity to build your own tradition with Ford, you and Ford,
2: and you don't need anyone, yeah. And I think Ford. that that's why I think I've um enjoyed it. I think because Song of with the Baby, you know, we always have um Ford's dad come over and we spend it as a family. And my mom obviously is always with me, so I think last year, maybe the first year, we didn't have my sister, I don't know, maybe another Thanksgiving when she was in New York. But it's just adapting. And again, as long as we're together, and then one Christmas too, during the pandemic, it was just, I think my sister, Ford and I, because everybody else was sick. You know, I just think it's kind of just being okay with whatever comes your way. But before, when I was younger, I did used to get a lot, like very worked worked up up. about things not going perfect and not going, how like, but this is not Thanksgiving. Like, why are we having like this and we're not eating at this time or what, you know? So I did find myself falling into the comparison black hole. And now I'm just more like, you know, whatever it is. It is what it is. I usually mm-hmm. work too during Thanksgiving, though, no? so it's also like, oh my god, I have like hardcore Thanksgiving
0: traditions and yeah. I have to throw all of it out the window because we're going to Argentina and it doesn't
2: even exist there. So like, and I I'm
0: I'm struggling. But I love Thanksgiving, it. though. I love but love I, Thanksgiving. I do find
2: it those days where they're triggering to feeling like nostalgic and Mm -hmm. sad and there's like there's a lot of we always talk about the holiday blues you know is that calm I mean there it is a thing right Mary
1: yeah definitely and I think it has to do with what you're speaking to which is managing your disappointment around things that don't fit the picture in your head or don't fit the picture on social media that people are putting out there and remembering that you don't really know what's happening. They could have taken that picture last week under their Christmas tree and today they're miserable, right? Like we don't know, but it does create this pressure and this expectation and really it's about managing your disappointment around that really validating it for yourself like acknowledging and naming and feeling disappointed because I hoped for this and that's not how it's going this year but it doesn't mean it's not how it can't go next year and in the future.
2: my god that's such a powerful and, and heavy word disappointment because you're right I feel like when you're in a season and you're not living where you thought you were going to be at that moment and you know especially mm-hmm. these holidays mark like they serve as Reminders. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought I was going to have a baby by this time. Oh, I thought, you know, when I was younger, oh, I thought I was going to be engaged, you know, by this holiday. Or, oh, I thought I was going to be, you know, so I think every holiday could be a trigger to reminding Mm -hmm. you that you're not where you want to be at that point in your life. And I think it's just kind of like navigating emotionally that feeling of disappointment and maybe turning it into, you know, like, let's enjoy the moment and hopefully next year will be different and we're having that hope and expectation yeah. that it will be different.
1: Yeah, there's a piece of grief there to work through. Like you can, and you know, it doesn't have to be a long process of working through that grief, but just kind of moving through the stages of like the acceptance and the sadness and like, you know, all of those. So, But I think disappointment is a really scary emotion for a lot of people to address. Like they want to avoid it, they want to distract themselves from it, that's when you see people scrolling, and then what are they seeing when they're scrolling? Other people that they're then comparing themselves to, um, rather than kind of being in the moment, being present and focusing on, well, what is happening here that is really cool and maybe different? One of the
0: things that I learned in therapy, which was really helpful and is a work in progress all the time, is actively practicing gratitude. Because I feel like when we get caught up in like the scrolling or things not going the way you planned or by this time I thought I was going to do this, then that's where, you know, I think it's important to hit the brakes and become present and say, this is my actual life. This is my actual situation. And these are the things that I'm grateful for. And so I feel like, I mean, that's really helped me a lot. Again, it's a work in progress because it's an extra step of something I need Mm -hmm. to do in my day. But it's helpful, and especially in those situations where you're starting to get uh, worked up. And I'm like, you're stressed. Yeah, you have a turkey in the oven. You have to make these five different side dishes. And everyone's coming to your house. And who's going to wash the dishes? But how beautiful that you have the privilege to be surrounded by people. How beautiful that you can
2: you know share love and all of that. So... And also, a lot of the times you are currently living or have something that you wanted a few years behind. Yes. Right? And you always forget. Like, this is, you know, when I had my baby, when I had my son, Ford, it's like I always wanted to... Every holiday, I always feel like, oh, it's going to be so much better when I have a child, if I have a child. And when it happened, I was... I really was conscious of like how grateful I was that I was it was actually happening. Like every holiday is more special. Every holiday I'm more grateful. Every holiday I'm more like just overjoyed. Even if I have less people around the table and even yeah. if I have less food around the table, it's still a more special holiday because of him. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've motivated. Yeah, I people. think like we're all more ready to <laughs> I'm ready to face it. <laughs> yeah, like put down the knife. The turkey knife.
0: Let's go. There's like
2: I'm not even gonna even make a turkey this year. It's fine, you guys. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's all fine. But thank you so much, Mary. <laughs> you could invite everyone to follow you on Instagram on your platforms.
1: Yes, absolutely. So you can follow me at Your Journey Through on Instagram. And also, if you need some extra help with boundaries around this holiday season, in my bio link there is a freebie that I've created called the Three Step Boundary Setting Blueprint. And so it's a really simple, like three step with a script. Oh, it's ready-made for you to kind of put into practice around the holidays if you're really feeling like you need to set some boundaries with family members.
0: That's amazing. We will make sure to share it on our Instagram as well. Thank you so
2: much, Mary Beth. This was really great. Happy holidays. Safe travels. Happy holidays. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye.